see y'all not hip. Y'all not hip though. This is prime Kendrick right here, bruh. Prime. Alexa, volume down. All right, y'all. Let's get. <laughs> yeah, your boy got himself an Alexa. Hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. Y'all probably hearing me rummage around. I'm trying to run to my closet. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get to it. This is the Tired of Talking podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. Happy Monday to y'all. It's Sunday now. Of course, y'all know I record on my Sundays for the for the Monday episode. But you know, happy happy Monday to y'all. Y'all be hearing it on Monday. Um, yeah, your boy went and got himself an Alexa. <laughs> I've been playing with that joint, you know. Um, it is intrusive. It is like you know, to my mom's detriment. My mom does not want one of these devices at all. You know, which is going to take her some time to get around to getting something that. It's very is is so intrusive on your life. <laughs> it's gonna take her some time. My mom is old school. I mean, just ten. My mom just learned how to text ten years ago. So there's that. You know, what I mean. So I'm assuming by 2030, you know, my mom would get around to probably getting an Alexa or something like that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I totally get it though. They are these devices are totally. They just totally just all up in they don't mind their business at all. You know, um, you be talking about something in, in total confidentiality, talking about, you know, um, whatever, some whatever, something that you're dealing with, you, you, you're gassy or something like that. You've been farting all day long or like, you know, you're talking in total confidentiality to a friend of yours on the phone. And next thing you know, you're seeing ads for like Gas X and Pepto-Bismol. And it's like, like it makes you it makes you curl up in a corner somewhere like, damn, man, I can't even talk, you know, in confidentiality about like my bodily functions just acting up on me and without my phone trying to get me to buy some shit. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> I totally get where my mom is coming from, but my mom does have a cell phone. I'm like, mom, ain't nothing more intrusive than the thing that you actually talk on every day, day in and day out. So just having an Alexa is just being a part or a Google Nest or whatever it is that people have out here. Um, Just having one of these devices is just another thing, you know. So anyway, yeah, man. Um story time today y'all um this is a story that has been requested and it was actually requested by a partner of mine who um (laughs) a dude that i'm still cool with still to this day and it was just something that happened back when we were in our clubbing days but um before i even get into that man how do y'all feel about holding people that you used to deal with accountable for how they are now like and when i say that i say that um, from the angle of making sure they stand up on themselves. Like, have you ever dealt with someone and like when you seen them, they just look like y'all not dealing with each other anymore, but y'all run into each other. Y'all run into each other um, somewhere, a market, a mall, whatever, some t- department store, 
you know, the Chin the local Chinese food spot, whatever, local hood bodega, wherever you run into this person at, right? Um, and they just look completely like off their game. Like they look a mess. They look they look bad. You know what I mean? Like, and you if we're being honest with ourselves, completely honest with ourselves, who you used to deal with is still a small representation of who you are, even though they're their own person. Cause you used to deal with this person. And if y'all were like a public couple where like everybody knew, you know what I mean? Like you come from a small city like Chester, like everybody know who you used to mess with or who you, you know what I mean? Who you're dealing with now. Um, like you ever see like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too deeply about it, but like you ever see like an ex-girlfriend of yours who now has six kids, three different baby dads, you know what I mean? Like this is just a theoretical, but or you see like an ex-boyfriend of yours who was like totally smoked out and he just looked bad. You know what I mean? You can't believe to yourself like, damn, I used to deal with this joker. Like, look at this fool. Like, look at him. Like, how do y'all feel about like pulling him to the side? Like, yo, you all right? Like, you good? I mean, I get it. Like a lot of relationships end on bad terms. But for the people that don't, like, what if y'all just grew apart? Like, what if y'all just grew apart and y'all, you know, y'all didn't end on bad terms. And when you see them, they just look totally like out the game they look they look a mess man the black lips the they look smoked out they look like they own something higher that's even more potent than weed you know what i mean or they like maybe they're smoking way too much now and or they drinking way too heavy or like you just see them with like or you just see a bunch of their stats and you just be like well what's going on with this person like you you know what i mean you follow them on like social media maybe you see a bunch of like their posts and you could just tell mentally they just not where they need to be at you know, um, how do y'all feel about like approaching them? Like, and like, yo, yo, you good? Like, you you need to, I mean, I would rather, to me, I, I take constructive criticism well. So like, I know this could be triggering to someone else that doesn't, you know, imagine my ex-girlfriend, imagine me like thinking I look good and I'm like, cool, but I like smoke heavy. And imagine my ex-girlfriend just, and I don't take constructive criticism well, my ex-girlfriend come up to me like, yo, you yo you good like you looking real bad out here like i don't know that might turn into a whole like argument a whole domestic ike and tina situation right there in the store if i don't take constructive criticism well you know so i don't know i guess it's not for everybody but recently i did see not an ex-girlfriend but someone i used to deal with uh we never really made it to like the relationship stage but um we were always cool we were we were good for what it was at that time um I don't know if it was, I really don't know how we even really like, <laughs> like how we even started dealing with each other. Now that I think about it, I don't know if it was, oh, you know what? I met her at skating. I met her when I was skating. I do skate, you know, um, and when the world returns back to normal, I plan on getting back out there on my eights and, you know, skating. That's going to be my thing, you know, skating. And uh, I can't wait for the weather to break. I'm going to be back out there on my bike, even if I got to be back out, even if I got to be out there with a mask on. I'm going to be out there. Um, but, yeah, I met her skating. Um, and, you know, she didn't look you, at the time when I met her, when I, you know, when I cracked on her, as we say back home, you know, what I mean, I bagged her or cracked, cracked on her or whatever. Um, when I cracked on her back then, she, you know, she was um, definitely had a lot going on. You know, she was very pretty, had her, you know, she 
didn't know how to skate at all. So, you know, she had that little bit of innocence to her as far as like, you know, like they they get the rental skates and they, you know, they out there like like toddlers on a damn, you know what I mean? Like they shuffling. They're not even really like moving. They just shuffling and they all in everybody who knows how to skate's way and they tripping people and stuff like that. She was a part of that. She didn't know how to skate like that, but she was trying. And, you know, that's how we kind of met each other. And, you know, we kind of maintained um, from there, we, we and I don't know why it never got real serious between me and her, but we just kind of just we were consistent in us talking. And then I don't know where we just stopped talking all all together. I think we just kind of just grew from that. But um, I seen her recently when I went home and um, she's from Jersey. She's from New Jersey. And when I seen her, I was like, damn, man, she looks she look she looks way worse like i don't know what she was into and i straight up told her i'm like yo would you be smoking now like and she started laughing she was like yeah you know i do my thing here and there and she was like i'd be really like i kind of backed off of weed and i kind of like just do my thing with this vaping stuff and she showed me like this pen that she's um using now you know and she was just like yeah i just be doing this you know what i mean i'm like well what the fuck is in there you know and yeah i'm gonna let y'all know now this is uh one of those episodes where like yeah some some profanity might fly because i got to tell y'all this story but anyway um i was like yeah hey, so what's you know what's up in there like that is making you look that way she was like hold up like what i look like i look crazy like and she pulled out her phone and like turned on her reverse camera her her face front camera and was like looking at herself. She was like, "What you looking at?" Because like I feel like I still look the same. And she started laughing. I'm like, "Nah, you look, you look like you. You know what I mean? I don't know if you eating dog food or what the hell you doing, but you don't look like the person that I used to deal with for sure." And she started laughing. She was like, "Are you crazy?" She kind of pushed me or whatever, and we just kind of chopped it up for a little bit. She went on her way, and I went on mine, and that was that. But. You know, I felt like I should have drove the point home that, yo, you're looking kind of wild out here. You know what I mean? You don't want to be Cousin Faith, uh, <laughs> even though Cousin Faith ain't look crazy. But, you know, she was going down that path. You feel me? Cousin Faith from um, Soul Food. You don't want to be her at the at the family function looking all crazy, looking at looking at pictures of you or at your, you know, on your aunt's coffee table in her living room, like how you used to look. And you just break down in tears because you haven't been staying up on yourself or you're like you indulging a little too much in some extracurricular activities. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that has nothing to do with the story. I just wanted to know what y'all thought about that. Y'all going to hit me in an email anyway. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but, yeah, like, man, I'm all about, like, holding people accountable, like especially if I used to deal with you, like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably say that to you. Like, if you looking, start looking crazy, like, yo, I might, I mess around and say that to you. You know what I mean? I hope you don't take it wrong. It's, it's all out of love because I want you to be who, you know, go get, get better, <laughs> look, look better. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to be that person. And I know I'm going to have the people that, yo, you can't intrude and, you know, you got to let people do what they got. Nah, nah. Sometimes we be needing that reassurance from people outside of people that see us every day. Because some people that see you every day that just, they're not going to keep it 100 with you. They're not going to keep it funky with you. It'd it be that person that only see you like every five years that really keep it funky with you. You know what I mean? Like that person that just randomly see you somewhere that keeps it funky with you. But and I get it. Like I said, people going to be all in a, you know, emailing. I can I already know a few people off the top of my head that's going to be like, yo, you can't be that way, Jay. Da, da, da. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But whatever. Anyway, let's get down to this story, yo. Um, 
it was a crazy club night, yo. Um, this was back in my clubbing days. I told you, I'm like, clubbing is kind of beyond, kind of be, kind of in my past. Like, I don't really get those. Every once in a while, I'd be like, yo, let's go out, like, with my boys or whatever. But, like, I haven't been feeling that way, especially with COVID going on. I don't be really want to be around a whole lot of people, period. But, um, but you know, we still indulge in, like, grits and biscuits and, like, Rolling Stone and, like, uh, I mean, Rolling Loud, like, different concerts and different different types of uh r&b only like these are different things that you can kind of look into um they'd be like tour parties type things and it'd be it'd just be a great time you know what i mean and when covid does finally disperse from us i, I we, we're definitely going to get back to that you know what i mean because we really have a great time in those in those type of settings like it's just great to hear that type of music still you know what i mean and just see people just enjoying the vibe you feel me so um and we love it we definitely love it yo but anyway um, let's back to the story. Back in my clubbing days, we would go clubbing. Clubbing would actually start like Thursday night back back then. You know what I mean? It was various clubs that we would hit. This is like early 20s. This is before my daughter got here for sure. Um, and a little bit after she got here, but like nowhere near as heavy. Like I would say from like 19 to like 22. Fam, you couldn't tell me nothing about the clubs. Like I was, we was up in there. You know, what I mean, we had we knew party promoters, we knew DJs. You know, we was up in there. The Mushalu, like Chrome. Chrome is a legendary, legendary club up in Philly. Palmer's is a legendary club too, but it was legendary for its ratchetness. Um, Chrome, everybody was like, I have a whole playlist. If y'all have title, look up Chrome Beach. That's my playlist. I created that playlist um, on title. And if you want to get the party started at any function, play that Chrome Beach, uh, play that Chrome Beach um, playlist. It's been it's been picked up by title. So it's easy for you to um, for you to research. It's called Chrome Beach, C-H-R-O-M-E Beach. Um, and it's got everything that you want on you know, from a party perspective on that playlist. All the joints I used to play back when people used to actually dance is on that playlist for sure. Um, and you want, y'all gonna have a great time and I'm pretty sure it's going to whatever function or event that you have, it's going to turn into a whole other type of function or event if you play that playlist, but shameless plug there. But, um, but yeah, man, back in my clubbing days, Chrome was a spot. Flow was a spot. Samba was a spot. Um, Tierra, which is a club way up in Northeast Philly. It was a, it's a Spanish club every day of the week but then on one day of the week it turns into a hip-hop club i think it's like sunday or saturday night i can't remember but like that was a spot we used to ride all the way up there to tier um and it's just you know it's just fun it was just fun back in the day man like girls were actually dancing they weren't just sitting around in corners taking pictures for instagram doing stuff for snapchat and tiktok and all this weird shit I, um, the dudes would actually dance, you know, they wouldn't just be standing there looking all stupid, just getting, you know, having a girl grind on them. Like dudes would actually be in there partying. Like girls would actually be in there. Women would be in there partying. And it was just a great time for both, uh, sexes to come together and just have a good time, you know? Um, but yeah, back to the story. So we started off at flow. We started off at flow and we in line. We in line. Um, <laughs> we are in line waiting. It's out. We outside, you know, um, we waiting in line. And, you know, back in the day, the clubs used to 
make the people wait in line so that people riding by would be like it was like a selling point. So they seen a lot of people in line. They that was that was more and like that was more indicative of what the club was going to be like on the inside. You know, what I mean, the more people waiting in line, the better, because that means it's going to be, you know, it's going to be it's going to be jumping inside there. You know, so. They would make us wait outside. It'd be a nice little lengthy line. They would have, of course, the line for like the VIP people, the people that pay 20 or 30 more dollars than everybody else um, to get in, you know, and they would let them in or whatever. And then they would have us sectioned off women in one side, men on the other side. And you kind of size up who you're going to be like, who you're going to definitely dance with. Why why you out there in line? You know, so. And vice versa, like the women be doing the same thing. They be looking at us. We be looking at them and that be that. So um, we in line. Right. And it's me, my man by here. Um, my man, Corey H. Bonnie nickname. His nickname is H. Bonnie. He's a rapper. You know, back in the day, he used to rap heavy. He was tough, too. He's nice. But, um, you know, maybe a couple other people. And we was actually up there with a couple women, too. Um Tarisha, like a lot of girls that like a lot of women that we knew like that actually dance dance like that will give you work on the dance floor they were with us you know a few of the uh chester high cheerleaders they was with us uh tiara was with us uh damn, it was a bunch of them man it was uh, tenille she was with us like it was it was a few of us it was a few of us up there and um we in line right and this is how i knew that it was gonna be a crazy night just from this one instance that happened uh, with this one guy that was in line with us so we in line he was not with us he was just happened to be standing he just will happen to be standing with us but he was not with us you feel me like we didn't know this guy funny looking funny looking guy he really looked like mr hanky from south park and if you ever seen south park you know who mr hanky is and if you don't if you haven't seen south park and you don't know who mr hanky is all you gotta do is do a simple google of mr hanky this nigga looks just like mr hanky yo we even said that like while he was standing in line. And for some reason, this guy was very, very verbal about just being out there in line. And we just like, we looking around like, yo, why don't you just shut the fuck up, bro? Like, why are you just talking so much? Like, we all waiting out here. Like, we all, he's getting mouthy with the like security guards about being outside. He getting mouthy with like the women because the women are tired of hearing from him. He's getting mouthy with other people in line. You know what I mean? So, um, the Dell State football team pulls up on a on a charter bus. Now, I don't know if it was type of I don't know if it was some type of event going on where like they rented out the club or like maybe it was one of their birthdays or maybe it was a coach's birthday. So I don't know what was going on, but they pulled up on a charter bus. They get off the bus and while they're getting off the bus, they taking like a head count and, you know, they got them off to the side, like in a rope, like kind of rope them off by themselves like and this is a, this is the Dell State football team you know what I mean I believe Dell State is a D, division one school so they like it's kind of a big deal sports wise even though I believe they're like low tier division one but they're still division one um they got off the bus and of course Mr. Hankey is like looking at them and like the way that they getting like kind of like somewhat special treatment because they kind of like they're patting them down but like they're getting them inside the club so Mr. Hanky looks at us like while wow, they're getting patted down and left in the club. He was like, no, matter of fact, he looks at them. And he like, yo, man, who the fuck is these niggas up here that are getting the special treatment? Like, who are these niggas up here? Da, da, da. Like he's getting loud or whatever. 
and he was like, he turns around to the back, to the people that all of us that are standing behind him. And mind you, he's he's in front of us. So he's turns around and he was like, and y'all some bitch ass niggas because y'all let them, y'all letting them get inside the club before y'all. And like, we ain't think nothing of it. I'm like, yo, this dude off that liquor, like he definitely just wild. Like if he's talking like this, he's either crazy or he drunk. And I don't really want to deal with either one of these, you know, one of those types of people or whatever. So he was like, I can't believe these bitch ass niggas is going before us. So one of the defensive linemen, this had to be like one of the biggest dudes that is on the football team. He had to be like six, four, like a, a smooth 300 pounds, if not close to it. Six, four, six, five, dude. Huge. You know what I mean? He going to say he looked around and he was like he walked out of the, the rope line, went up under the rope or stepped over the rope, went and. He came, he started walking toward where we were all standing there, where Mr. Hankey was at. And he was like, yo, who the fuck you think you talking to? And Mr. Hankey was like, peace. He put his peace. He put up two fingers. It was like peace and backed away from, from the guy. <laughs> and when I tell you we was dying, bro, like, yo, we were crying in line, dog. This nigga was like peace that's his voice too peace and he put up the two fingers the peace sign and backed away and the guy the football dude was like yeah that's what i basically he gave him like yeah that's what i thought like you ain't want no smoke anyway and he kind of walked into the club and that was that we went in the club we finally got into the club and you know it was all right it was flow is like a real real small club it's across the street from chrome um but the thing about flow is that like Flow is one of them spots that if it's too many people in there, you do not enjoy yourself at all because like it's not enough. You want to have like a good balance of like space and people at the same time in these types of clubs. And that's because like if you're going to be dancing with a woman, you don't want to like be all up. Like, first of all, you don't want to be like invasive of other people's space you know what i mean so and some of the girls be dancing so wild they kind of like push you up on other people and like that's not cool either you know what i mean like dudes and then some dudes think that it's like you backing up into them and next thing you know you all up in a fight you know what i mean or getting pushed around or whatever and it don't be it, it it's not a good night so so um when we while we were up in there my man h bonnie Corey was like Yo, man, I heard it's popping up at 923. 923 is a club. It's the old dances, but it's a club that closes at like 4 a.m., yo. It's like one of them clubs that like close mad late. And I believe 923 is in North Philly. Where we were at was, um, I guess that's South Philly. Yeah, I guess that's South Philly. Um, I guess they consider Delaware Ave and all of that stuff South Philly. So, yeah, where we were where we were at was South Philly. So we would have to go to North Philly for uh, 923. 923 was like in a real, real janky ass spot, like back in like an alleyway somewhere um, near some residential homes. But like for the most part, it's like a real, real like sketchy ass skeptical spot. Like you can't like you can't just be just wandering around out there. So, um Corey was like, you know, what I mean, while we up in there and like it's just packed and they letting more and more people up in there like they definitely reaching like like they definitely reaching fire capacity, you know, at this point. So Corey was like, yo, man, like, let's go up to 923. Like this shit is played like it's too many people up in here. They letting too many people in here. Um, the ratio looks crazy. Like it's like three guys to every one girl up in here. Like, let's just dip. So we was like, all right. So that might have been around like 11 o'clock. So we get up to like nine to three around like 12 before 
I, we even get up there. I this was back when like dudes used to wear like basketball shorts under there. I don't know if y'all remember that though, but back in the day, we used to definitely wear basketball shorts under our jeans. You know what I mean? And I don't know why it wasn't like we was going. It wasn't like an impromptu basketball game was just going to pop up. But you never know. You never know. I've had that happen before. But like, I don't know why why us niggas was doing that back in the day like we would wear basketball shorts literally under our jeans and you know i guess we just was always like since you a hooper you just always on go with or i guess like if you you know if you end up staying somewhere at least you got like some lounge wear you ain't got to be like sitting in your jeans all crazy because that's very uncomfortable too like when you in your jeans and like you end up falling asleep like super uncomfortable you know, um, having jeans on. So if you could just strip your jeans off and you got basketball shorts on, you got hooping shorts on under it, I guess that makes it, it makes it easier. It makes you more comfortable in wherever you're at. But I don't know why we were doing that. I'm pretty sure we didn't put that much thought into it when we were doing it. I think it was just something that we just did. And um, in hindsight, it was pretty stupid because I'm pretty sure people don't do that anymore. Um, especially with us wearing skinny, with like wearing skinny and fitted jeans. I wear a lot of fitted jeans. So Ain't no basketball shorts getting on uh, up under here anyway. But, um, yeah, like I had before we dip to the other club, I had forty dollars. I remember I had forty dollars on me and I just I don't know what told me to do this, but I put the forty dollars in my socks instead of keeping it in my shorts. I don't know what told me to do this, but I'm happy I did this. And you're going to hear why. Um. We get up to 923. So we up in there and it's a way better environment. Like 923, I believe is two levels. It was two levels, I believe. They had upstairs and the downstairs. It was like in this weird building, this like weird old warehouse, um, small warehouse. Uh, and, you know, they had the upstairs and they had the downstairs and you know, it really wasn't no dress code. Like they kind of just was like, yo, if you got bread to get up in here, you could do whatever the hell you want. And y'all remember Guzzlers? Y'all probably don't even remember Guzzlers, but Guzzlers used to be like these like squeezable, like these juices that would come in like a squeezable bottle, like a sports bottle with a sports cap on there. They was never like over a dollar in like the hood bodega type corner store type spots. Never over a dollar. Never. I think the highest they did get was like a dollar twenty five. But like then it was always like hovering around like a dollar, dollar twenty five as far as it even went as low as like 50 cent or 75 cent at some point but guzzlers was mad good though they came in like these weird flavors tropical berry punch and all these weird ass flavors right they were up in nine two three selling them shits for like five dollars a bottle because they knew the, the inflation was wild because they knew that people was gonna be mad thirsty and they would spend whatever you know what i mean because they up in there you up in there partying you know um drinking that you know some people were eligible to drink or whatever so they would be up in there drinking all crazy and like they they knew they can get that money so imagine paying 25 dollars for five guzzlers <laughs> you know what i mean like yo that shit's just wild to think about but they was getting the money they was getting the money so we up in there like we get up there, we get up there and we like partying yo like we partying heavy you know what i mean like they playing all the joints you feel me usher they got they got us partying you know yin yang twins they we got the party popping you feel me you put my hands up on the knees and then the bows and the they playing all i i i salt shaker uh uh salt shaker uh temperature by 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 sean paul they got all the joints playing like they playing um what's the joint my one of my favorite club joints um 
is Bad Girl by Usher. Like, yeah, I already said that before, but it was an, it's another joint by um, Maya and Beanie Man um, called Girls Them Sugar. Like, that's another joint that's like an automatic party joint. You feel me? So, and they was going in, a DJ was going wild, you know. Every time the song, uh, every time a new song would come on, everybody get hype and everybody's dancing. We getting mad wallies. If y'all don't know what a wallie is, a wallie is when, you know, you dancing with a girl up against a wall, you know. So, like, you're pretty much up against the wall. Or sometimes in reverse, she's like, she's got her hands on the wall and you kind of like behind her, you know what I mean? So, like, that's, you know, I guess that would be like a reverse wallie. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you you we we up there getting wallies, you know. We just having a great time. Like the girls is dancing, we dancing, and this is like, it's like these three guys that's like super hype with us. Like they like sometimes this happens too, so you gotta be careful. But like sometimes you kind of form like temporary friendships with people in the clubs. You know what I mean? Especially if y'all like all hype, y'all all dancing with each other. Like you come up there with your click like and then like maybe it's like another smaller clique of guys or girls and they see y'all all dancing I, I don't know if this works for the women but it definitely happens with guys you know what i mean so i call them temporary friendships you know like you be up in there and you dancing and next thing you know like you lean like if the girl's a little going a little hard the, some of these guys will see you like struggling with this girl and like what i do is i put my leg i put like if i'm dancing with a girl and like she's going way harder than me but i don't want to give up on the dance what i do is i take my right leg or my left leg and i put it toward the back to kind of brace me you know what i mean so i'm not leaning on someone to kind of brace me so that i can kind of keep up with her because that's the type of guy i am when i'm dancing with you you know what i mean when i'm dancing with you i'm not just standing there letting you just grind on me i'm gonna try to give you work I'm going to try to give you the same energy you giving me. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not going to be all hype with you. I'm not Chris Brown out here. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to just break away from you and do a cartwheel backflip, pop lock and come back to you. I'm not that type of nigga at all dancing. But what I'm saying is if you dancing and you, you know, you grinding on me or whatever, and we, you know, or even if you dancing from the front, you know, like, and we getting our little ditty bop on, I'm giving you the same energy you giving me for sure. Everybody that knows me knows I'm telling the truth. I'm going to give you the same energy you giving me, you know, because one, I just I know for a fact that you're going to talk about who you were dancing with when you leave here with your girl girlfriends. I know you're going to talk about that. And I know I'm going to be a part of that discussion if I keep up with you. You know what I mean? So it's just me leaving my that's my way of leaving my impression on you. You know what I mean? OK, like he, he wasn't just a nigga that was just letting me grind on him. You know what I mean? Like he was actually staying up on me. So. Yeah, we up in there dancing and like, you know, it was a few times where like the same three dudes was like around us, you know, while we was dancing with girls. Like so like like I said, with Bad Girl, when Bad Girl come on, um, it's another song like Watch Out for the Big Girls. You know, the big girls, that's like their time to shine. You know, um, Bad Girl came on, I believe. And like, you know, like I just so happened to be around a few women that was like dancing with each other like you know what i mean so i just kind of slid in between them while they were dancing and just was like dancing with all three of them and i remember my my guys my guys was like yo like what's up like so they slid over and they, now we all dancing it's kind of like it's a real science to dancing in the club if you ask me it is it's a real science to it so like when i did that that kind of was like the icebreaker for my guys to kind of slide over and like now we all dancing with them you know what i mean and we getting it popping and 
in in certain clubs, and like I said, it's a science to this because in certain clubs and in certain club settings, if you are dancing with um with a group of women or whatever, and they notice that you're not there to like just let them grind on you, they don't mind you being like their dance partner for like the rest of the night. Even if they go dip off and dance with other people, it's not going to be as fun as when they were dancing with you. So like they'll come back and be like, especially if they see you, you know what I mean? And they see you up in there, you like dancing by yourself or whatever. You already danced with them before. You know what I mean? You keeping yourself a little, little ditty shoulder bop action going on. You feel me? Like they'll slide right back to you when their song come on and they'll dance with you for the rest of the night, you know, like, and then I, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get their number or whatever. And if, if not, you just made yourself a nice little dance partner for the rest of the night, which is cool too. But yeah. So while we were dancing with them, you know, like they slid over, it might've been like a good, like eight of them too. Like, and I think it was like a good, like four, like with us, it was like a good four of us, you know what I mean? So it was us dancing with them. And then those, remember those three guys I was telling you about three, four guys, they kind of slid over and like, it was just like, we were all dancing with them. And I think that they thought that we were all together when we really was just like four of us that were together. And like, they kind of just was like temporarily with us, you know what I mean? Because they just kind of was just around us, you know? So we over here dancing, you know, like in, we having a great time or whatever. So the night is about to conclude. They already playing Usher. They already playing Lovers and Frenzy. I know that's the exit song. You know what I mean? Uh, Poppin' or by Chris Brown or Lovers and Friends or Splash Waterfalls by Ludacris. Like some slow joint. They always play that. They always play that on the exit. Just to let you know like, yo, this is the last song. If you try to get somebody's number, you better do it now. You know, it's one of them type things. So... You know, they play like I believe they play Lovers and Friends and we on our way out. Um, We, you know, I'm me. I'm being the guy to make sure that the women that we came with are with us, too. Like just making sure that, you know, that they um, that they are coming because they came up with us. So like I'm making sure that they with us and that they're safe and stuff like that. So we on our way to the car. And I remember Tarisha is like. She was like, yo, give me the keys. Tarisha was like, yo, give me the keys. Tarisha's, <laughs> Tarisha is a homie of mine. Um, she actually skate too. Shout out to Tarisha. I don't think she ever, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but I haven't talked to her in a while, but, um, Tarisha is a homie of mine, ex cheerleader at Chester high school. And, um, she good people. She's good people. And, you know, um, yeah. So she was like, give me the keys. She was like, cause I know y'all going to be out here like hoeing. This is what she said. I know y'all going to be out here hoeing and trying to get girls numbers and stuff like that. And we're not going to wait around for y'all. So like, just give me the keys and I'll go start the car. Um, I had my mom's van, so we had plenty of space <laughs> and my mom's van at the time. So she was like, yeah, I'll go start the car and like get it all warmed up. And at least we'll be in the car and we'll be waiting. So when y'all get done doing whatever it is y'all doing, at least we could just pull off. So we was like, all right. So I gave her the keys, you know, and she left. And she took her, she took the people that she came up there with, which was like Tanil and Shantae and Sheree. And I think it was like another girl that was with them too. Um, I can't think of who the other girl that was with them at the time, but yeah, um, they went and they left, they left in front of us. So we walking now, mind you, we walking toward, we walking down to the, uh, <laughs> we walking down to where I parked at, which is like three blocks over in a residential area. And I'm thinking we cool. While we walking, the three dudes that we seen in the club that we've been partying with basically all night is like behind us. So like 
we we're conversing with each other, not, not with them, but we're conversing amongst amongst each other. So my man Corey is behind me. Corey is behind me and Corey got a nice watch on and a chain and you can clearly see that that thing you can see that at night like it's definitely shining you know what i mean it's definitely illuminating our our path <laughs> to back to the car like it's shining you feel me so while we walking and we just talking about like what we doing next i think we was about to go hit the wow that's like a that's like a typical spot that we go to after the club anyway you know so um we you know we while we walking or whatever one of the dudes was like, hey, yo, hey, yo, one of y'all got the time? So we stopped. All of us stopped. Um, and when we turned around, Corey, Corey turned around first and he was like, he looking down at his watch and he was like, yeah, it's like, I think he said it was like three something. It was like three something in the morning or it might have been four something. I can't remember. He looked at his watch and he looked up. The dude had a gun pointed right at him and he was like, you know what time it is. These are the same three niggas that was partying with us you feel me like these are the same three niggas that was partying with us and they was like he was like you know what time it is like and it was like a smooth way to rob us for real like it was a smooth ass way to rob us because like it's it's dead at night you know what i mean it's the middle of the summertime um it's super dark out here you feel me like we're in a residential area so like you can't even really do nothing and the wild part is like Corey. Out of all of us, Corey is the one dude that, like, he's definitely about whatever. He's with whatever. He's the live wire. He would be the live wire. He's definitely the guy that it would have probably been a whole shootout if Corey would have had his gun on him. You know what I mean? Like, people like to think of me as the live wire guy, but I'm not, I'm definitely not the live wire. I'm not that type of guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'll be with the smoke when it's necessary, when smoke is necessary. But, like, Corey's a different type of guy. You know what I mean? So... He was like, yeah, you know what time it is. And like he lifted the he lifted the chain up off of him and he lifted the uh he lifted the um he lifted the uh the watch up off of him. I think he got like I think he got like seventy dollars from like my man's, you know what I mean, my other guy that was with us, you know, um and he got he ain't get nothing from me. He didn't get anything from me. Like, I didn't have anything in my wallet because I transferred that last little $40 to my sock for some reason. Like, so I didn't have anything in my wallet. Luckily, these dudes ain't take my wallet. Like, they were like, they were like pleasant thugs. Like, these niggas did not want my wallet for some reason. So, like, you know, I was happy with that. He straight gave me the wallet back. Like, when they went through it, they was like, yo, like, it wasn't nothing in there. And like I said, these are the same niggas that's been dancing with us and, you know, They've been rocking out with us all night. It wasn't like these niggas was like these sketchy guys that was outside. Like these are the same exact niggas. You know what I mean? So we walked back to the car. Tarisha, the first thing Tarisha said was like, damn, like how many numbers y'all get? Like we over there with we we moping like back to the car. You feel me? Tarisha, like, damn, well, how many numbers y'all get? Like, y'all was out here really hoeing. Like, what's up with y'all? And like we had to explain to them, like, yo, we just got robbed. And they like, oh my God. Da, da, da. And I'm like, Mind you, my mom's van is on E, you feel me? So, Tarisha and them, I'm telling Tarisha and them, I totally forgot about the $40 at the time. Like, I forgot about the $40. Like, even when they, because, you know, when you're getting robbed, you're not really thinking about, like, you're just thinking, like, damn, I don't want to get killed. So, I ain't think about the $40. So, my mom's van is on E. 
unbeknownst to me, I don't know if, that I totally forgot that I had the forty dollars. And I'm we talking to them about us getting robbed, and Corey was just like, "Yo, man, I need to go get my hammer, man. Like, I need these." I'm like, "Yo, by the time we get all the way back to Chester and get all the way back, these niggas is gonna be long gone. It's not like gonna be sitting around waiting for, to rob people outside of here, like." And I'm like, "Yo, what's you know how much you even pay for them like that that uh the watching the the chain or whatever?" And he was just like, "Yo, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, man, I'm all, I'm out like twenty five hundred bef- between the watch and the chain. You feel me, like." I'm taking a real L right now. So he was like, man, I'm just, I need that shit back. I need it back. I'm like, yo, you might as well just let it go because it's no way that we, unless we're going to go fight these niggas, we, it's fist versus the guns. You feel me? Like we might as well just let that go. <laughs> just L-I-G it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let it go, bro. And, you know, so like I said, my mom's van was on E and we ride and I'm like, damn, I don't think we even got enough gas to get all the way home. And I'm asking Tarish and I'm, I'm like, yo, I hope y'all got money because like, I ain't got no, like we need gas in here. Tarish and I was like, what we need money for? Like the club is always for, the club is always free for us. Like women, like we don't even be carrying no money because it's always free for us. And I'm like, how, what type of home training y'all got? My mom told me at least leave out the crib with like a dub on you, at least $20 on you. You, you never know what you might need money for. You feel me? So but I understood her logic too. Like, yeah, most clubs do let women in for free. So, you know, um, and it just dawned on me. I'm like, damn, that forty dollars is in my damn sock, and it came right on time. Like, and it wasn't like these niggas like patted us down. They just basically asked us, like, yo, like, empty your pockets, like, give me everything y'all got, type type deal. You know what I mean? And they, I think that the main thing that attracted them to us was like Corey's chain and his watch, like that was like super and diamond encrusted both of them like i think he had like a cross chain and he had like a watch typical club rapper type gear you feel me accessories you feel me so yeah man and we ended up we got robbed (laughs) we got robbed you know what i mean like um and it wasn't for me transferring that money taking that money you know what i think i did it for i think i did it because i was scared that in the mix of us like partying and stuff like that i was going to lose that money so I moved it to my sock to, for like security purposes. And I'm happy I did because that was all the money that we had to get home. That was all the money that we had to get home. And driving from North Philly to Chester on E wasn't possible. It's not possible at all. I don't care what kind of car you got. You need you need Jesus' chariot to make it home on E, like driving like that. And especially I had to drop everybody off. I had to, all, most of those people lived over the east side. I was like pretty much the only person that lived over the west side at the time. Like, I would have had to drop all of them off and then still try to get to the west side before, you know, uh, we ran out of gas. And I'm happy I didn't do that. I'm happy I had that extra $40 stashed away in my sock. That must have been God saying, yo, you're going to get robbed later on. Put this $40 away because you're going to need it later on, my son. And I did that. I did that. And I'm happy I did. So that's my story, y'all. That's my story, man. We rode home in silence. Like it was complete silence. It was just, we were just, we just felt defeated. We felt defeated. We felt defeated, man. That was a crazy, crazy night. Y'all done heard both sides of the, the chrome and the flow story. Um, and yeah, that was that. That was that, man. We rode home. We didn't even make a stop at the Wawa because nobody had any money. <laughs> nobody had any money. I only had the $40. I ended up putting that in the tank. I think I put like, I think at the time, like gas was nowhere near as high as it is now. It was like, a dollar ninety nine per gallon or something like that, maybe a dollar forty nine per gallon or something. I can't remember. So like it was only like like fifteen bucks to fill up my mom's tank, and um, 
Yeah, we got home safely, but we rode home in complete silence. You remember that scene in Five Heartbeats when they got pulled over by the cops? And if you haven't seen Five Heartbeats, Five Heartbeats is a staple in the black community. If you haven't seen Five Heartbeats and you've been listening to my damn podcast this whole damn time, you get your ass up off of my damn podcast and go watch Five Heartbeats right now because it is a staple in the black community. I can assure you in black cinema, it's a staple. Get your ass up off of this podcast. I'm happy that you listened to 45 minutes of my podcast today, but get your ass off of the podcast. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to see you in my email, you know, in the email saying, you know, you, you've never seen five heartbeats. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what, what ethnicity you are, what you go by, you know, what pronoun you, uh, what pronouns you, you go by. Get up off of my damn podcast and go watch Five Heartbeats. But anyway, there's a scene in Five Heartbeats where they get pulled over by some racist ass white white cops in some hick ass town. And, you know, um, the cops make them sing. They they clearly say that they're the Five Heartbeats on the side and they, you know, they're they're on tour and they are, you know, riding around and performing on the side of the damn car. It clearly says that. But these racist ass cops pull them over. It's one of the most demoralizing scenes in a whole movie. And he makes them sing. They go through all of their gear for no reason, pull them over for nothing. And, you know, they go through all their gear and they make them sing. And the next scene after they get done singing is them riding in complete silence on their way home or on their way to the next stop or whatever. And that's exactly what happened on our way home from the clubs that night. Even though we ain't get pulled over by no racist ass cops or anything like that. It was the same silence. That same exact silence was echoing through the car for sure. And um, it was a great night, yo. It was a great night up until that happening. Up until that happened. It was a great night. We was getting it in. Anyway, man, I ain't mean for this to be this damn long. I know y'all like the longer podcasts, but I really don't like doing them. But um, yeah, man, that's all I got for y'all. Listen, let's go into this week with total vigor. <laughs> I don't know what made me want to use that word, but I seen it somewhere and I was just like, yo, I got to use that on a podcast. But let's go into this week rejuvenated. You know, we didn't got hit with a crazy snowstorm. I just came back from Target. It was like four people in the whole Target. And I was including the employees. Um, and it was just a <laughs> it was wild seeing it like zombie X type vibe at the at target um i had to get a i had to get a um surge protector though because i'm gonna be working from home probably the next like two or three days um but yeah like yo let's go into this week um let's go into this week definitely with um with an open mind and just a mind of productivity and productiveness um that's all i got for y'all that's all i got for y'all this is the Tide of Talking podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and I will see y'all on the other side. Peace.